Come on, give Jesus some praise. Yeah. How cool is that, huh? Oh, man, what a great thing that you guys were able to do. And uh, I, just, uh, I just love what God is doing um, in us and through us. And I'm just, I tell you what, um, I missed you guys. Uh, let me introduce myself. My name is Adam Harold. My wife, Tanya, and I have the privilege of leading this community that we, can, that we call The Refuge. I can tell that I've been gone for three weeks because it's really dark in here. And my wife really likes to preach to a dark room. She doesn't like to think, there we go. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but my name's Adam. If you're visiting with us, or maybe you were here the last couple weeks and you had no, you thought this was a church without a pastor. I don't know. Uh, but uh, my name's Adam. It's so good to be back. Uh, my wife Tanya and I had the privilege of leading. She, didn't she do a great job last week, man? I like it when she preaches because you get to see how much I am out of my league. Um, she did such a such an incredible job talking about um, our satisfaction in our call. She began a new series that we're calling um, True Satisfaction, and uh, today she is just my wife, Tanya. She is no adjectives. <laughs> Evidently, she likes to make fun of my adjectives, as long as that's all she makes fun of, right? We know that that's, we know that that's not true, right? Uh, I couldn't wait to listen to... Uh, her message, and, and let me tell you, when I did, um, I felt like I missed out, and uh, maybe you maybe you missed it as well. You can do exactly what I did. You can go over to refugemain.church slash messages and listen to that um, incredible, incredible anointed message, but um, I'm only going to use adjectives to describe the things that Tanya did and not to describe her, by the way, just so you know. Um, it was a great message. Um, but you can listen to that on, on there. Um, I just, I, I felt like I missed out last week when, um, when I listened to it. She laid the foundation for this series that we're calling True Satisfaction out of Galatians chapter 5 in verse 13. You can turn there. If you want to, or you can follow along in the YouVersion Bible app, the screens uh, to my side will tell you uh, how to, to do that. Her big idea last Sunday was that true satisfaction comes from being called, not from having freedom. Calling always precedes freedom. Always. And let's face it, our... Our country, our, our world, we have this obsession with freedom. Like, we're obsessed with it. And today, for the time that we have together, I want to talk to you about how we can find satisfaction in our freedom. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 is our foundation. Uh, before we read it, before we really get into it today, I'm, listen, I'm ready to preach this morning, so I'm just going to ask God to be with me, to speak through me, and then we're going to get right into it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the way that you live in us and through us, through your son Jesus that died for our sins so that we can be reunited with the Father that 
we will always long for without him. And God, I, I pray that today you would move mountains that prevent people from leave, living in the freedom of Christ that you have for them. Lord, I believe that you can be in Christ without being free in Christ. So God, I pray that today people would discover things that they're choosing that are robbing them of the freedom that they're supposed to have. Father, I pray that your voice would be louder than mine as we read your word, that your word would give us a foundation for our life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom. My brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Today's big idea, which I told you, I'm ready to preach. So we're going to get right into it. Today's big idea, if I have one thing I want to communicate, it's this. As Christians, freedom is used to serve, not to sin. As Christians, our freedom in Christ is used to serve not to sin. Tanya defined freedom as the ability to make choices. Here's the thing about freedom. Too many people believe that freedom means that you get to choose whatever you want to choose without rules or regulations. That's not freedom, that's reckless. Choosing whatever you want to choose without regulations or rules to tell you that you should choose this or choose that. That's reckless. And what happens is we take that, that, that definition of freedom that we use with, with regular life and we apply it as when we come to know Jesus, we apply it to our freedom in Christ, thinking that now that we're in Christ, we get to choose whatever we want to as long as the Spirit leads us to do it. And all you have to say is, well, the Spirit is leading me to do this, so this is what I'm going to do, and it's okay. <laughs> Wrong. We don't get to use the Spirit as an excuse to do whatever we feel like we should do. Most of the time, when the Spirit asks us to do something, it's something that doesn't really make us feel very comfortable, does it? When the Spirit said, I want you to move to Maine to plant a church, I was like, no, no. Oftentimes, the Spirit will ask you to do something that goes against your human nature. He wants you to talk to a friend about Jesus. No, no, I, I can't really do that. What, what are they going to think about me? The Spirit often leads us to do things that we don't, wouldn't normally do. Last week, Tanya introduced or, or talked about two trees. Do you remember that? They're found in the Garden of Eden. The first tree is known as the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That tree is evident of living in the flesh. When we choose knowledge of good and evil, we, 
we are living in the flesh. However, there's a second tree, and the second tree is the tree of life. The tree of life is when we choose to walk in the spirit. When we choose flesh, where the Bible teaches that that will always lead us to bondage, will always lead us to captivity. It will always lead us to being a slave to something that makes us miserable. When we choose the spirit, it leads us to freedom. So let me show you in scripture. In Galatians chapter 5, the same, cha- the same verse that we're using is chapter, we're using verse 13. But if you jump down to verse 16, watch what Paul continues to say. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That, ladies and gentlemen, is he's talking about living in the spirit. He's talking about choosing the tree of life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Your sinful nature craves the flesh, right? So Paul's talking about living in the spirit versus walking in the flesh, verse 17. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. Can I share with you something that we don't often talk about in church? We don't talk about how freedom in Christ will cost you your life. You see... We think that freedom means that we get to choose whatever we want to choose, which doesn't sound like dying to me. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that when we choose freedom, when we live in freedom in Christ, it means that our flesh is D-E-A-D, dead. I've never seen a dead man choose something that would give them pleasure. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, my favorite verse, which Tanya um, talked about last week in her message. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ that lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That sounds like dying to me. But when I die, the good news is that Christ comes to live inside of me. When I choose him, here's the beauty about about dying with Christ. When I die with Christ and Christ comes to live inside of me, I get to kill everything that's trying to kill me. It is quiet this morning. I hope you guys weren't this quiet for Tanya. You know what? I know you weren't this quiet for Tanya. She's funnier than I am. She's prettier than I am. She preaches better than I do. 
when we are alive in Christ, we get to kill things that are trying to kill us. We get to say no to sin. We get to say no to things that would normally destroy me. So this morning, I have a a definition of freedom in Christ. Not freedom, but freedom in Christ that I want to share with you. The definition of being freedom, free in Christ is killing that which is trying to kill me. Killing that which is trying to kill me. Romans chapter 6, verse 5 through 12. says, since we have been united with him in his death, we will be also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. So we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, that he, that he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. You know that death, because death has no longer, no longer has power over Christ. Death no longer has power over me. Verse 10, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a competition for your soul, and Satan will use sin to destroy you. But the freedom in Christ says no to sin so that I can live as Jesus lived. So this morning, for the remainder of our time, I've got seven choices that people that are that are free in Christ will choose seven choices that they will choose without hesitation. And it's not even, it's not even a up for discussion, seven of them. And I've, I've got time. So um, that was all introduction. Here we go. Seven of them. Pedal to the metal. Let's go. Number one, they choose life over death. The first two are very simple. The first two we've already talked about. They choose life over death. Now, that is a no-duh moment, right? Duh. Like, I'm going to choose life over death. Any, any person would choose life over death. The problem is, is that they don't want to choose life according to this book. On paper, it sounds easy on man, man-made paper. But on God-written paper, it sounds a little bit different, doesn't it? Let me, let, me, let me show you. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 6 says, Those that are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. 
But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. As followers of Jesus that are free in Christ, we think about things of the Spirit, not things of the flesh. That's number one. Number two, they choose the Spirit over the flesh. So number one, I'm, I like to review every point. So number one is they choose life over death. Number two, they choose the spirit over the flesh. Choose the spirit over the flesh. Again, these first two are, are things that we've already talked about. The next one is going to, we're going to get into the weeds a little bit. Again, Tanya talked about, about both of these last week. Um, and I'm going to continue to talk about these today because it's so, like, like, I hope you're understanding that true satisfaction comes from choosing life over death and choosing spirit over flesh. That's, like, that's the summary of this whole series. When we choose the spirit, we're choosing the opposite of our sinful nature. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 teaches us that, which we've, we've already read. That's what it means to die, to choose the spirit over the flesh. Now, let me get into some really good stuff. Number three, those that are free in Christ, look at what God asks of them as requirements and not just requests. Those that are free in Christ, look at what God asks of them as requirements and not just requests. Let me just, let me just uh, give you a little bit of a warning. Um, I was ready to preach to my people this morning. So every single one of these points, all seven of them, could be a series in themselves. So we're going to do our best to unpack them a little bit, and maybe someday we'll get to a series about how the, the, the things that God asks of us are requirements and not merely just requests. When we're free in Christ, that which God asks of us become requirements. This is, this is why Tanya talked the foundation, talked about the foundation last week. The foundation was so important. Calling always precedes freedom. Being chosen by God responding to the, the call of salvation in our life. That's calling. We are, every human being have been chosen by God to receive him, but they have to choose him back. And the fact is, is that every human being isn't gonna choose God. We have to choose him. He's already chosen us. He sent his son Jesus to die for all of us. And so when we receive him, we have to look at his, his asks as requirements. Can I, can I get, get real with you? Like real, real. So many followers of Jesus look at the commands of Jesus as requests and not requirements. A command 
if I'm in the military, a command, I better do it. A command is a command. I have to do it. So many followers of Jesus look at things that God tells us to live by as merely requests and not requirements. How would I treat serving differently if I saw it as a requirement and not a request? I'll just stomp on your toes and walk away. Number one, they choose life over death. Number two, they choose the spirit over flesh. Number three, they view what God asks of them as requirements and not requests. Number four, I told you we were going to go fast. They live under grace and not under the law. This is our favorite one, right? We, we get to choose to live under grace and not under the law. Let me show you in Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Sin is no longer your master. For you, are no, you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Do you have something that you just, you just um, keep on doing that you don't want to do? Do you have something that you want to do, but you just can't do it? That actually sounds like the Apostle Paul, what he wrote in the first part of Romans chapter 6. If you have time this week, go and digest Romans chapter 6. The way that you stop doing something that you no longer want to do is not to say, the law says I better stop doing it because that's what God requires of me. That's not the way you overcome sin. The way you overcome sin is to look the Father square in the face and hear him say, I love you even if you continue to do that. Because the richness and the depth of the Father's love, every time the Father looks at me and says, Adam, I love you more than what you're doing. I'm overwhelmed by his love and his grace. And the fact of the matter is, is I can continue down that path and the father continues to love me. But he says, son, there's so much more for you if you stop. That's grace. That's choosing grace. The father's love. That's the answer. It's not the law. Man, I am preaching better than your amening. <laughs> I came in fired up. Number five, people that are free in Christ long for God's presence over their preference. So we'll re rewind, review, then unpack that. Number one, they choose life over death. Number two, they choose the spirit over the flesh. Number three, they view what God asks of them as requirements and not requests. Number four, they live under grace and not under the law. Number five, they long for God's presence over their preference. Listen, if where I'm going to go is going to cost me the presence of God in my life, the cost is too high. 
if God said to me, Adam, go to Maine and plant a church, but my presence won't be with you there, I would say no every day, all day, knowing the results. Because the presence of God is worth everything. There's a story in Exodus chapter 33, a conversation between God and Moses. And Moses says to God, God, if you're not going to go with us to the promised land, the land that you've promised us, if you're not going to go with us, I don't want to go. Because the cost, Moses understood that the cost of God's presence was too high. Can I tell you something? Measuring everything in your calendar based on God's presence will free you up to do a lot more things than what you're doing right now. You want to know what to say no to? Ask, is God's presence going to be with me when I'm there? Some of you just got free next Friday. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so I, I heard somebody say this last week. The way you know that a message was good that you heard on Sunday was, isn't on Monday morning, but it's on Friday night. If the presence of God is not with me, the cost is too much. Number six, people who are free in Christ are willing to be intimate instead of lustful. They're willing to be intimate instead of lustful. Now, I'm not talking about husband and wife, and I'm not talking about sexually. I'm talking about relationally intimate. They're not going to choose a relationship with someone else based on the status of that person. Come on, somebody. They're not going to choose a relationship with God based on, like, the superficial side of God, based on, um, what's the word, um, prosperity, right? They're not going to choose... In fact, they're going to look at what God asks of them and see that it says that you have to die. And they're going to say, I want more of that. Because they choose intimacy over being lustful. We don't understand intimacy. In fact, some of you got a little uncomfortable when I said intimacy over lust. You kind of felt a little bit... Tense. What's he, what's he talking about, intimacy in church? He didn't give us a warning to put our kids back in kids' ministry this morning. Because we don't understand intimacy. We think that it's only about sex. It's not. Intimacy is about closeness. In the Hebrew language, the, the, the Hebrew word in, in the Old Testament, the the Hebrew scriptures, the word to know is the word yada. And the word yada is, has been translated in English as to know, but really the word yada means to lie, to, to, to lay with someone. 
In, in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, King David teaches his son Solomon to know God intimately. You know what the word that he uses to know God intimately there is? It's the word yada. Yada is used in the Old Testament 900 times talking about how God desires or how God does know every human that he created. That's where we get the, the scripture about how he knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows us intimately, and he desires for us also to know him intimately. But in order to know him intimately, we must spend time in this book. We can't just think about who God is and make him to be who we want him to be, because if God is who I want him to be, I am God and not him. To know him intimately. Do you know why I think intimacy is uncomfortable? <laughs> because there are no shortcuts when it comes to relational intimacy. There are no shortcuts when it comes to, re to relational intimacy. In fact, intimacy demands that I get lost in what's right in front of me. Everything else has to become dead to me. And in order for me to be intimate, I have to be focused on what is right in front of me. And I can't look at anything else to my side. I can't be intimate with my wife and look at other women. It has to be what is right. I told you these points can be sermons and that could be series in their own. Number seven. So quick review and then we'll get to seven. People that are free in Christ choose life over death. They choose the spirit over flesh. They look at what God asks of them as requirements and not requests. They live under grace and not under the law. They long for God's presence over their preference. Number six, people who are free in Christ, are willing to be intimate and not lustful. Number seven, I told you we'd get there. People who are free in Christ choose serving over comfort. They choose serving over comfort. Now this goes back to the big idea. People that are free in Christ use freedom to serve, not to sin. It's about serving. Galatians 5.13, again, Paul says, instead, use your freedom to serve one another. Here's the thing about serving. In today's culture especially, anyone can do something nice for somebody else. Anyone, anyone can serve someone else. I mean, just look on Instagram. I get tired of the people. Hey, tell me a Bible verse and I'll give you 20 bucks. Like, come on. Anybody can serve. Anybody can do something kind for somebody else. What's the difference of those that are free in Christ? 
that do something kind for someone else. You know what the difference is? It's the reason they do it. You see, those that are free in Christ understand the reason they do it isn't to be a good person. Isn't for likes and follows. The reason the person that is free in Christ serves, I'm about to stomp on your toes one last time, is it's because it's who they are. The reason those who are free in Christ serve is because it's who they are. You see, Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save those who are lost. I've come to be a servant. And those that are in me, they will also serve. If you're in Christ, you have no excuse not to serve. The reason those who are free in Christ serve is because it's who they are. It's not about being a good person. It's about being a dead person. Stand on your feet. I want to pray with you. Next week, we're going to talk about that. Leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger this morning. Are you glad you came to church today? Are you glad the preacher's back? Well, I tell you what, the preacher's glad to be back. As we wrap up this morning, there is a lot, a lot of content. I hope you took notes. If you didn't take notes and you're going, oh, shoot, I wish I would have taken notes, go to the version, go to the events part, hit download on the notes, and you can have your notes on your phone, and you can go and you can look at it throughout the week. But... How did the Spirit of God talk to you today? What was the one thing out of seven things that just kind of felt like, oh, that that one hurts a little bit. That one I need to I need to focus on that. Maybe it's choosing life over death. That's what we're here for. To help you choose life over death. And I'm gonna get to that in just a moment. But maybe it was that you need to choose the Spirit. In order to choose the Spirit, your spirit has to come to life, right? Every person that ever lives has a dead spirit inside of them. That's why they choose the flesh, because they haven't been crucified with Christ. Their their flesh is still alive. So they can't choose the Spirit because the flesh is still alive in them. Maybe it was the intimacy over lustfulness. Maybe you just follow God for what he offers you and not for closeness with him. I am so glad that my father in heaven knows my name. He knows my struggle. He knows everything about me. He loves me just the way I am. 
but refuses me to keep me there. What's it for you? How should you respond? Our doors on our right are open. On my right, your left are open for our next steps. They want to help you take that next step. We're gonna sing a song and at any moment in that song, you can go to that room and they will help you with that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. that your desire is for me to experience life to the fullest. Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you abundant life. God, I thank you that there's freedom in abundance. God, I ask that there's anyone in this room that needs to choose life by receiving Jesus as their Savior this morning. God, that they would find the courage to go to the next steps room, to talk to somebody and say, I just need Jesus. That's it. Father, I thank you for the way you love me no matter what I We worship you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's worship one more time and then we'll be dismissed.